This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Dear friends in Christ, especially Nicholas and Casey, all of their family and their friends and congregation members of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, grace to you and peace from God our Father the creator and definer of marriage, who sent his son Jesus Christ to bless marriage with his very presence through his word and sacrament. Amen. The Old Testament lesson, God says this, it is not good that man should be alone. What interesting words from our Lord especially in the midst of the creation account. After all, God has been making and giving good gifts throughout the entire first chapter of the book of Genesis. He brought forth creation out of nothing by the power of his word. Let there be light, and there was. And having created something, God also blesses it with his word, declaring about all that he had made, it is good. That's why it's so odd that having created the first man, God says it is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. So God remedies the problem. He puts the man to sleep. He takes a big chunk and rips it out of his side, closing up the place with flesh. The first man is now two pieces of flesh, one that looks like a man and maybe a ribeye steak, a big chunk of meat. But God takes that chunk of meat and forms it into the first woman. The one flesh has now become two, man and woman. But God doesn't stop his work of creation then. Things are still not good. It would not be good for God to make the man and to make the woman and the two of them to go off in their own separate directions. So God takes the man and the woman, and brings them together and performs the very first wedding ceremony. God unites them in the bonds of marriage. God is the pastor for the very first wedding, where Adam and Eve, who once were one, then were two, are returned to their oneness. The man and the woman united in marriage just as intimately as they had been before God took the flesh out of the side of Adam. When the man and the woman are married, they are whole again. And God blesses them in that unity, saying, be fruitful and multiply. And then, God declares that things are good. 
So that's the very first thing for us to notice today, dear Christians, that marriage is a good thing. It is a good gift of God given before sin entered into our world. It is good for man and wife to be united as one. Marriage is not evil as adultery, lust, and selfishness are evil. Marriage is good because it is God's work in uniting two individual fleshes into one. We should be glad when marriage happens. We should be glad when couples decide to tie the knot, to become one flesh. And we should echo God's words when it happens. It is good. So, Nicholas and Casey, let me be the first of hopefully many today to tell you it is good that God is joining you together today. The bond of marriage that you take up today is a good gift of God poured out generously upon you both. And you begin your married life today with the blessing of God, just as Adam and Eve did in our Old Testament lesson, and just as the anonymous couple from our gospel lesson did. We don't know their names. We don't really know anything about them. But what we do know from John chapter 2 is that that couple in Cana in Galilee began their wedded life in the right way. They invited Jesus to their wedding. They invited Jesus to partake in their life. Now, that's the same reason that all of us are gathered here today in God's house, so that our Lord Jesus Christ might be present among us to bless you, Nicholas and Casey, as you begin your life together. Now, unfortunately, it's not likely that Jesus will bless your marriage today by providing 150 gallons of free wine, sorry to say. But Christ is present here with you now in his word where he promises to be. He is present here with you in his word and will be all the days of your married life. Which is why it's so very important, as you know, to go to church as a married couple, together, regularly, often, so that Christ may continue to be in your marriage. And that's the second thing in our readings to note. Jesus blesses marriages of Christians with his very presence. It's good that Jesus does this because we need his presence more and more all the time. You will need his presence, Casey and Nicholas, because your married life, hate to burst the bubble, will not always be easy. 
For after God giving good gifts to his creation, our first parents, Adam and Eve, fell into sin. And all of us fell with them. Sin that is always seeking to undermine and destroy God's good gifts to us, marriage included. For that reason, sin, your marriage will face difficulties and challenges and struggles in the years ahead. You will have times when money is tight, especially as you head off to Fort Wayne, the good seminary, and begin your studies there. You'll have challenges as Nicholas begins to serve as a pastor, especially here and now in this COVID day and age. There'll be hard times, stress, being a pastor will not be easy. You might get frustrated at each other, sometimes over big decisions, sometimes over silly little things like who will wash the dishes, walk the dog, or fold the laundry. The ushy-gushy feeling that you have for each other right now, which is plastered all over their faces, if you can't see, will slowly wear out wane, diminish into mere comfortableness, perhaps even at times staleness. Spiritual, mental, physical challenges and anguish awaits all of us in this world. And it will not leave you out of these challenges. And should the Lord bless you with children, little Nick Jr., this world will seek to make raising them as Christians difficult as well. Do not go into your marriage today believing that everything will be rainbows and unicorns. It will not be so. Sin will seek to undermine God's good gift of marriage to you. Satan will tempt you to forget that, he has, that God has given you blessings. Satan will tempt you to forget and fill your heart with bitterness and difficulty. Satan will seek to undermine your faith. It happened again with Adam and Eve. The two of them were united in one flesh by God himself. They heard God's word, spoke directly from his own mouth, and yet their marriage was tarnished by sin. Adam did not defend his wife, but stepped aside, allowing her to be tempted by Satan. Adam did not fulfill his role of headship, but instead took the fruit and ate of it at the bidding of his wife. Adam did not value God's word the way that he ought to, but instead believed the lies of Satan. Thus, sin entered their marriage and the world. 
and death followed soon after, as Adam and Eve's son murdered his brother. Death entered the world and has passed from generation to generation. Sin's sting is still strong, even now. And so now the next thing that we need to know that our Lord Jesus Christ came to defeat sin and death for all, for you, for your sins, even in marriage. The same Lord Jesus who blessed the marriage at Cana in Galilee with his presence has defeated all sin and death by his work of the cross. Our Lord Jesus Christ took up his own bride, the Holy Christian Church, and all of her members and fulfilled for them what our first father, Adam, was unable to do. Christ was tempted by Satan, but he stepped up and answered Satan's lies with God's holy word for all of you. He gave up all that he had in this world for his bride, the church, being stripped of his clothing and possessions, even having his blood poured out and his life taken on the cross. Our Lord Jesus was beaten so that his bride, the church, might be kept safe, washed clean, become holy. Our Lord Jesus was killed so that the Holy Church might be cleansed by his blood in the waters of holy baptism. Jesus, the great bridegroom, gave his body that the bride might be sustained by eating it and drinking his blood, given eternal life by these gifts. Jesus died so that his bride, the church, and that means you, might live life to the full not just for a while here on earth, but forever in the resurrection of all flesh. And Nicholas and Casey, this gift of Christ is bestowed upon you two, just as much as it is upon all the rest of us here. As you begin your marriage, know this, your sins are forgiven by Jesus. Your marriage is blessed by the presence of Jesus. Jesus will sustain you through all the challenges and the difficulties and problems that this world throws at you. His holy life and glorious death and resurrection are for you. Jesus will keep you in his care because the two of you together, along with the entire church, are his beloved bride 
and possession. You are one flesh in the body of Christ by your baptism. You are united with him, and he will guard and keep you. His forgiveness is for you. There's some practical things that flow out of that. Casey, when Nicholas sins against you, and he will, know that his sin is already covered by the blood of Jesus, his head and Lord. Nicholas, when Casey sins against you, the same is true for her. Her sin is washed away by the blood of Jesus. Christ has already given himself up for her just as he has for you. This merciful forgiveness is there for you in the challenges and difficulties that you face. Use it often. Hear of it often. God is a faithful husband to you and to the entire church. Jesus loves the church and the church loves Jesus. It is a two-way relationship. And St. Paul teaches us that in our epistle lesson. Casey, St. Paul encourages you to be not only the bride of Christ as a member of the church, but also to be a faithful bride to Nicholas. To submit to him in the same way that we, the church, Submit to Christ. That means you are to receive his love, his care, his compassion all the days of your life. You are to be glad to hear his word and serve him accordingly, to follow him in love. He is your own flesh after all. Marriage unites you now as one. And so you should submit and serve him, knowing that your submission to Nicholas is truly submission to Christ who demands it of you. The world will tempt you not to submit, to live for yourself, to seek to rule over your husband. Repent of this temptation and live in the mercy that Christ earns by his death and resurrection. Nicholas, St. Paul encourages you to be as a Christ for your bride. That means you are to sacrifice even all that you have for Casey, to give all for her, to be glad for her submission by loving and caring for her as you would your own body. She is your flesh now. And to be patient with her no matter what arises. God in marriage gives you the gift of being her head as she is your body. And it is a great task to be the head of a body or of a family. The head cannot send the body to do something that it itself is unwilling to do. The head must protect the body, watch out for danger, 
and lead the body to safety and care. And that's what you are to do for Casey. You must be willing to love her even to the point that your own life is forfeit if it means that she will be kept safe as a result. That's what Christ has done for you. And now you must be willing to do the same for Casey. The world will tempt you to live for yourself, to shirk your duty, to make you think that you should rule her by force instead of by love. The world will tempt you to take for granted the wifely submission that she will give to you. Repent of this temptation. She is your body. She is your wife. You are now one flesh. Live as one flesh in every aspect of your life. Rejoice in your one flesh. And all of these family and friends and church members are here to pray for you, to support you, and to care for you as you do. And as the two of you seek to live out this married life of submission and headship, remember that it's really not about you at all. Submission and headship is actually all about Jesus. It's teaching you about Christ and the church. In other words, these two roles that you are gifted with today bring you back to your Lord Jesus. And that, again, is the most important thing to remember today. Jesus alone will sustain you. Jesus alone will keep you. His blood alone has atoned for both of you and for your sin, even sins committed against each other. This is the most important point for all of us as Christians to remember that Christ alone is our salvation. Christ alone is our head, takes care of us each and every day of our life. He has gifted the two of you to each other. He has sealed that gift with his blood. He has forgiven your sins. He's present with you today and always. He has died and rose for you. God's gift of marriage, it's good. God gives it to you today. He promises to sustain you in it always keep you in his blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, by God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately, 
by the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.